on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. So the loophole that we were working with that made us successful was therefore no longer available. It was actually illegal. The decision came down on a Friday, and on Monday, we basically had to shut our doors. Me, being the egotistical person I am, am like, absolutely not. We are not shutting our doors. Well, our doors got shut. The FBI came and raided us. <laughs> you are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. All right, everybody, I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings, back with you this week. I'm going to give you a queen at the king's table this week, Ty Audison. Thank you for coming to the king's table. How are you, Ty? Thank you. I am awesome. So happy to be here. How did I do on that last name there? Did I butcher it too bad? No, you did great. <laughs> I'm surprised. You know, the, there you go. There you go. The, the rolling of the R. Had to had to squeak that one in there. So, Ty, tell us what kind of business that you're in. What brings you to the king's table today? Yeah, so I am a serial entrepreneur. So to, to give an umbrella to what I do is social enterprise. Everything that I do falls under social enterprise and social impact and making a difference. I have a couple of companies. Some of them are educational companies. Some of them are real estate development companies, but they all fall under that umbrella because that is my passion. I love how you've simplified so many different angles of what you do into a sentence of social or not even a sentence, a, a label. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I love it. We're going to dive into that. But before we do, why at this stage, I mean, multiple companies, serial entrepreneur, you just tell me you're about to leave the country and travel and you're in business and you're doing the queen thing. Why do you still push after all of your success? Well, it's, it sounds like a cliche, but it's my kids. I'm going to be honest. It's my kids. I have three little ones. And number one, I want to give them the lifestyle that I feel that they should be living right now as young children. But additionally, why I'm in the social enterprise space is because I want the world that I'm leaving to them to be something that I'm proud of. Regardless of how I got the world, I came yeah. into this era at this certain point, all the social, economic, environmental issues that we are faced with. I want to do my part to make an impact so that my children's generation is better off than we were, if that's at all possible. Yeah, I love that. And, and you kind of have a dual purpose there, not only of of providing and pushing for your children, but then for the world that they're living in. I love that perspective. Legacy is what I'm hearing. Big thing for me as well. And uh, yeah, it's so interesting when you meet people like us who wake up in the morning thinking generations ahead. It's like, mm -hmm. it's a little bit odd. We're kind of- Oh, we are. That's why I say, I'm like, it's lonely at the top. Not because there's no people up here because we're just the oddball out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I find myself- scrolling through social media and it's not that, that, that a car or a house or a, the material things are, are bad. I mean, I think we all like nice things. Mm -hmm. um, I have some nice things, but like at the end of the day, what really pushes what sounds like you and me both is what's happening 20 and 50 and a hundred years from now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's great to have an impact on that. It, it kind of sounds like you're a narcissist. I did this, but you know, it's, that's what pushes me every day is knowing that I'm having an impact on what's going to be happening 20, 30 years down the road. 
How do you think that you came to that being such not only the thing for you, but then so clear, like you just know that, you know, obviously in your answers, I can tell, but like, was that in the way that you were brought up or something that happened along in your story? Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I was brought up uniquely also in a very fundamentalist religious background. And so being brought up in that in that environment, it, it changes who you are as a person. I initially was going to be a missionary. <laughs> that was my goal in life. Honestly, yeah. I have some skills that the most modern people do not have. And they were particularly cultivated throughout the years because I felt like I was going to be in some rainforest somewhere, completely <laughs> just reliant on myself yeah. for, for everything. Yeah. And so that was kind of my upbringing for a lot of years. And I've since changed my own philosophies and beliefs as we've gone, as I've matured and gone on. But that was something that really planted a seed in me that I'm here for a purpose and my purpose is greater than just me as an individual. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause really, I guess if you break down what a missionary is, is it someone giving themselves up for a greater cause or another people even, or something, which is what you've just described. So <laughs> that's really cool that you kind of link those two together, especially as it's developed into business over the course of time and mm -hmm. not just serving. Okay. Well, let's talk about how you got started in, in entrepreneurship just in general? Like how did it all begin for you? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's kind of, it's my, it's my greatest success and also my greatest failure. I'm actually educated as an attorney. And yeah. when I was getting ready to graduate law school, I had already been working for a year or two in a very, very large, one of the largest IP firms in the nation. Okay. And I really loved it. I loved it. I, I love what we were doing. I loved how we were helping the masses through large corporations, but I really didn't love the environment. Honestly, I didn't love the partnerships. Those who are familiar with how corporate works, it's very superficial most yeah. of the time. And I had a problem with that. And so I still wanted to do great work and really big work, but I wanted to do it in a way that felt that it was in integrity for me. And so I started my own company on the side and, and eventually just grew into something that was my full-time job. It was right before the economic crash and when our whole entire society pretty much imploded, <laughs> um, yeah. where people were losing their homes, their mortgages were going unpaid. And yeah. I created a proprietary system on helping people to save their homes. And so it, it just exploded all of a sudden. I literally put up a sign and my first Monday, I had a line down the street with people waiting to come in because people were desperate. And that's, that's how it started really. Wow. <laughs> that was start. You know, that, well, that makes me think of, oh shoot, when people break down sales, marketing, the offer, it doesn't, oh, I'm, I'm going to butcher this, but it made me think of like selling selling something so specific, but if you're in the right spot that it, it, it can be sold out within minutes, obviously, because it's the right offer. It's the offer for the right people at the right time in the right moment, in the right place. And that's what it sounds like it was, especially. Yeah. So you had a physical location. You put a sign out that you can help people with their house. It's 2007, eight, nine. And, and people start just lining up. Yeah. Yeah, I actually was renting a tiny little space inside of another friend's office. He had given me this like his closet, basically. Wow. Um, and I thought it was just going to be nothing. I had my little computer set up and I thought maybe four or five people, but I had told a couple of specific people and they were connectors in the community and wow. they, it just went like wildfire. Like literally people are like, are you crazy? Literally, I was a millionaire in two weeks. And it was not, nothing that I went um, out looking for. It was definitely not. Right. I didn't need to take care of myself, of course, and my family financially, but it was nothing. It, it was beyond my wildest dreams. I never thought that. I thought, 
I have something that can help people. These people need help. I can make money doing it. Let's do this. But it just, it grew, (laughs) it grew like crazy. Yeah. I mean, so there's, I can only imagine the things happening in and out of that type of uh, volume, really revenue, volume, people, problems, all that stuff within such a short period of time. Let's transition into a, a bad decision. I like to go good sometimes first, but since we, you led me right to a millionaire within two weeks, I can only imagine how messy that was. Yes. So let's talk about a bad decision. Something that you did that was just like, you'd take it back a hundredfold over, save us from all your, all your time and investment in that. Yeah. Well, it came out of that same story, honestly. Thankfully, I learned my my biggest lessons all at the same time and got them over and done with was this was very short-lived. I don't know those who were in the industry and followed the industry. Our contenders, being in the legal field, our contenders were big banks. And little old me and eventually two or three other attorneys and other specialists there's no way we can fight that. And being very young and ambitious, I'm like, oh, sure we can. Sure we can. We did a lot of good for our clients, the ones that were able to get into the door. But those who know the banks were able to instantly, almost overnight, change the law so that the loophole that we were working with that made us successful was therefore no longer available. It was actually illegal. The decision came down on a Friday. And on Monday, we basically had to shut our doors. Me, being the egotistical person I am, am like, absolutely (laughs) not. We are not shutting our doors. Well, our doors got shut. The FBI came and raided us. So, Whoa. Yeah, it, was, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. Like I said, it was big. When I go, go, I go, I go big, good and bad. So Monday we were told to shut down. And I'm like, we are not shutting down. We are helping people. We are crusaders. We're activists. Well, the FBI right. came in that Friday. So we had about a work week to get our act together. The, the FBI came in on Friday and raided us. And they're like, you are stopping now. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That wow. Was it. <laughs> okay. So, so is the lesson in there, get it while it's hot or is it you sh- shut it down when you should have, or like, well, how, what did you yeah. learn from that? A couple of things that I learned there was that know your limits, know what your actual impact is. And when we started back up again, we weren't able to save people's homes, but we were able to mitigate the damage. If I knew what I knew now, I would have said, okay, we can't save your home but we can mitigate your damages. We can get your family somewhere safe. We can save you from a bankruptcy. We can save you from financial ruin. We can save you from homelessness. Instead of going for that big pot for everybody, we could have just mitigated damages. And that's what I learned really from that is realistically look at what are your tools? What are your resources? And who is your adversary? Even if you're right, sometimes the, the giant's just too big for you to take on right now. Yeah. I love what you said the very at the very end right now. Um, it doesn't mean that the fight isn't worth it. <clears throat> it just means that maybe right now, a little bit more strategy, a li- maybe another connection, something yeah. else is necessary for that battle to be won. I love that perspective. I can only imagine what it was like having <laughs> FBI agents raid your office and 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 forcefully shut you down. It was scary. So, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. So you open back up and and yeah. you're off and running in a in a slightly different trajectory, still helping people, but just in a different way. Exactly. Yeah. So what was a good decision that you made then? What what helped you kind of maybe get past that or what in the years to come, what allowed you to really scale up from there from such a, like a, a rocket ship start? <laughs> no. you know? And that was it is be more intentional was one of my big things and stay in integrity. That was, those are the big things that drive my life with every business I've started, regardless of what I'm doing, do it with integrity because yeah, the FBI came in. Yeah. They raided us and they shut us down, but you know, 
I'm not in jail. Let's just, you know, right. there like were never were, any charges. Yeah. There was nothing yeah. criminal because I maintained my integrity. Everything that I did was above board. Everything was with integrity. And I do that now with my companies. I'm the first person to say, look, I have messed up and I'm going to do what I need to do to make it right. And I've used that as a guiding principle in all of my businesses and all my business dealings. And I think that's the lesson that I've learned from the beginning, thankfully. And it's just guided me up until today. How would you take those principles? So number one, the finding a great offer or a great service and sticking it in a, in a, <laughs> a pool of people that are super hungry for that. Mm-hmm. And then the, the flip coin of that, of sticking with integrity, letting it be a guiding principle. I'm just thinking of the person who's listening right now. They're not seven figures yet. They're really trying to, they're, they're in the grind of it. Right. And, and they, <laughs> they haven't hit a million dollars in, in two weeks. And, and they're really trying to figure out how do they get there? And they're hearing you talk about integrity and they're like, yeah, 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 Ty, I hear you. But like, how do you think that that applies to them this week as they're going out with their clients, working inside their teams, trying to get the next sale and that type of a thing? Yeah, it goes down to the basics of what are you selling, your product and your service? Are you selling fluff, basically? And we all know that junk sells. If we market it properly, junk sells, whether it's a service or a product and maintaining that integrity of really having something that you know that you're really giving something that's solving a problem and you're and what you're saying the problem is is really the problem that's really being solved i think that's the first thing and then communication across board with your your clients your intended clients again if you make mistakes we all do be in integrity about it say this is my fault i messed up that allows your clients to see you as a person but also to gain loyalty and nothing sells like loyalty you know what i mean there's stuff that i am doing now that i have the new stuff, just stuff that's not even relevant to some of my past clients. And they're always like, Hey, can I use this? Can I purchase this? Or maybe I have a friend or a family. And these are masses of people. And we're talking thousands of people that come to me doing this without any marketing on my part. And it's because they know what I put out is what I say I'm putting out and I stand behind it. And I think that as people are growing in their business and they're growing their business, if they have that attitude of, I am going to help you and you're going to pay me and you're going to pay me well for helping you, but we're all going to be happy. That's, yeah. that's going to go a long way. Yeah. I heard a couple of things in there just for the listener's sake here. I heard the experience or the delivery of whatever it is that your service or product is like, do that. Don't right. just sell it, do it and, and do it well. In fact, I think I posted about this either earlier today or maybe it was yesterday. I can't remember, but just really honing in on the experience of what your mm-hmm. what your service or your product offers, what problem it solves, as Ty had just said, if you can do that and you do it well, there will be another and another and another, and people will find you based on the integrity piece. Of course, there's always reasons to pay for marketing and try to get bigger and scale, all that fun stuff, but the reputation or the baseline will be more if you do it the right way from the beginning. Correct. And that's what I hear Ty saying now. And, and even now your yes is yes. Your no is no. And, and over the course of time, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs who are listening now either haven't been seasoned long enough, or they have been, but they just are still maybe, maybe they're rebuilding. If you go 10 years of just doing the right thing in business and you look back, there will be relationships, there will be impact. There will be things that you look back on and you go, well, I had no idea that was happening. But because I was making choices and doing things the right way, people noticed or people remembered or you have a reputation or it gets you in certain doors, whatever it might be, it matters is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're great at articulating that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 
No, it's good. I think that your experience and then for, for us to know, I mean, for the guy who's grinding it out, like, like some, sometimes it feels as if conversations like this, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I got to get to the job site today or yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've got a client who's hard to deal with. And it's like, yeah, but you know, these things really do matter. So I think it's important that we break them down. I'm curious to know, Ty, is there a certain process that you have around making decisions? Obviously, that's kind of what, the, what we've been focused on, like a discipline or a process, a, something that you take decisions through in order to make good decisions repeatedly? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I always have wild ideas. And so I'm always fielding things and decisions and don't do this and do that. And so I allow myself to explore all the possibilities first. I allow myself to get as wild as possible. What's the best situation? And I love that part of it. But then when I really sit down, I really have to look at the pros and cons. I always have an ongoing list of what's important to me right now. And everyone has that. It, it varies for everybody, depending on your lifestyle. But if the decision I'm about to make doesn't support the things that are really important to me, then it's an automatic no for me. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how fun it is, how crazy it sounds, how wealthy it's going to make me or any of that. Right. If it right. doesn't directly support and I can't say, yes, this supports the, my whys, essentially, it's a no. Um, after that, it's just looking at my resources. I'm a, I'm a practical person. And so I, even though I dream big and do like really crazy and same things, I yep. always base it on data. I'm a real data person. So I want to see, do, do I have the resources to do this? Do I know the right people? Do I have the right connections? Do I have enough money? Do I have enough time? Um, and the things that I don't have, and I still want to do, um, I get those things. I just, I make a plan and I make sure that I have what I need and then I go for it. And I'm not afraid to fail. Honestly, I've done that enough, <laughs> fallen on my face enough. And so um, part of my decision, I try to remove the fear that's always there. There's always some fear or some hesitation, but I always try to say, have we made it so far? Yes, we have. If we don't make it, can we pick up and move and do something else? We absolutely can. And so that's, that's basically how I make every decision in my life, especially yeah. the complicated ones. Especially the complicated ones. I love what you said there. So <laughs> that's, that's how you make all decisions because you and I have a very similar process. And I think that there's a lot of people who have looked at me over the years and been like, yeah, dude, but that's pretty hardcore. Like you make every decision like that. And I'm like, yes, every decision. Cause otherwise, like I have this kind of a weird phrase unto what, mm -hmm. and, and, and what it means is why am I doing this? Like, what is like, why? And so what you just said, as far as identifying what you want and then making the decision to, or not to based on whether it's going to help you get what you want, just it makes so much sense to me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm reiterating it for the listener now, but I think for what you just said as well, for you to be able to free your mind of the potential failure, how do you do that in the moment, right? Because you just let yourself go really big and like best case scenario. And of course, there's always the worst case scenario, but how do you mm -hmm. free yourself to then step forward into the decision, knowing both good and bad scenarios? Well, I think it comes down again to my values and my biggest value is love. And I know that it doesn't matter what I do, whether I start from scratch, whether I lose everything, whether I blow the whole world up or do something really, really bad. I know that the people in my corner love me. You know, I have the unconditional love of the people that I have surrounded myself with in my circle. And so I think that gives me some type of courage to yeah. do things that I never go. I believe that I'm never going to lose that. I'm never going to lose their love. Even if I intentionally do some really bad things, <laughs> I think I'll still have their love. And that's important to me. And because that's one of my most important personal values, I think anything else I do, any failure that I do, it's going to be okay. And so 
I do it afraid, honestly. <laughs> I do it afraid just knowing that I lose everything except for the thing that's most important to me. Yeah, I I, that's almost like the ultimate worst case scenario. Like I'm considering this deal. What's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? But for you, the ultimate life worst case scenario is that you literally lose everything. Mm-hmm. And even in that scenario, you wouldn't have lost the love of those that are around you. And so in that moment, it sounds like it just gives you confidence to go, I'm not a hundred percent certain. I have a pretty good <laughs> sense that this is going to help me get what I want. So I'm going to press into it, but worst case scenario, I still got people's love or I still got yeah. the, the folks that are around mm-hmm. me. So it gives you confidence right. in that moment. Yeah. Did you learn that somewhere? Was that given to you by parents? Like, is that innate? Did you read it? Like, how did you get that? Like, that's pretty powerful. I think it, it came from experience. I started my ventures out into the world pretty young. I had moved out of my parents' house when I was 15 to take a, right. a, a job, sort of. It was more of a missionary camp. And so I was pretty young going out into the world, which means I made a lot of mistakes. And I made them really hard and I made them really early. But just allowing my family, knowing that my family... Regardless, I remember calling my dad one evening. I had gotten into the situation. I was away from home. I believe it was maybe an eight hour drive. My dad literally got in his vehicle and drove and he came and got me eight hours, (laughs) you know, and without even knowing the situation, he just said, someone needs me. My daughter needs me. And I think knowing that, knowing just like my parents, my dad, my mom, my siblings, now my spouse, my children, the circles I've created now knowing that they, they all have that same capacity. They all have the same capacity to, to come and get me (laughs) and that's not going anywhere. I think just cultivating that. And I have tested it over the years, Um, (laughs) not always intentionally, but in testing that over and over, you begin to realize that this is true. And I believe that is true that their love is there. And so that's how I've learned it really is just by trial and error. Yeah. I, I think even the test comes, I love how you, you positioned it for love, right? Cause like you've tested it, you put yourself in some sticky situations and the people who are close around you still came and got you. They still, they still came through for you, which I think is amazing, but I think yeah. it's the same for business. Also, if we never press in, if we never test the bounds, like you said, and, and maybe lose or fail or stumble or, or have to start over, then then we don't have that history, not necessarily history yeah. of, of failure, but a history of, oh, okay, that's all that it, ha- that's all that that happened in that right. moment. I only just skinned my knee a little bit. I didn't yeah. die. So yeah, you said that perfectly. And I've had that moment where, oh, this is all I really thought I was going to die. <laughs> this is yeah. all this is it. Yeah. And doing that enough. And I think having the advantage of having done it early, even in business, just I've literally lost everything in business. I have had literally a night in my car and I'm like, where am I going tomorrow? What's happening? And you don't get that. You don't get lower than that at some point. And so knowing yeah. that this is it. Okay. I'm cool. <laughs> right. Uh, let's go again. <laughs> Not again. No, I learned those lessons, but yes. <laughs> yeah. And especially as you get older and like you said, spouse, kids, house, life. And so how do you, how now, even though I can still tell that you've got a little, a, a pusher inside of you pressing all the bounds, how, how do you, how do you balance that? Like that side of you, that's like, I'm married, I, I'm a mom, I need to be responsible, make good choices. But then the other part of you is let's find the limits. Let's push harder. Let's, let's, who cares? I'm only, you know, that's it. Like, oh, I can, I can take care of the house and, or I can take care of the life being in a car again. Like, 
there's obviously two on one on each shoulder talking to you. How do you, how do you balance that? Well, I've had the advantage of cultivating a intimate circle of family and friends that go with me. They have, they've, whether they're just as crazy as me or they love the adventure as much as I do, they go with me, right. honestly. Right. And, but now I've learned, especially because my children are young and they need stability. I have learned to have a baseline. There's a line I won't cross. There's the savings I won't dip into. There's the home I won't mortgage. Right. There's certain moves I won't make without considering them because they are my value system. Yeah. And so everything else I feel is like, that's play stuff. I can play with this. I can explode that. I can lose that, but there's a base that I won't lose. And it's because my children need that. They need that stability and they need that, that security. That's really what keeps me in the both worlds where I have enough to play with enough danger and standing on the edge of the cliff, but I have that rope tied around me, anchoring yeah. me back to my family and my kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's actually a great way of saying it really. I can, I think I relate to that very, very well. When I think about my own experience of building up something, first off, it starts out of survival. We're very much in the same experience there. I had to do this in order to survive. Like it was just me. And so you get to that point though, where you're like, okay, I'm willing to risk it all. But then things happen, kids, spouse, whatever it is, where you're like, okay, this piece right here, it's so far buried that it doesn't even matter. Like, I can't play with it. It just, it's just for that sticky situation. But <clears throat> everything else is play. Let's go. Let's have fun. Let's, let's get creative. If we lose it, no big deal. But at the same time, we're not trying to lose it. Like, not, we're being reckless here, but, but we are trying to build incredible things. And that's, that's what it takes in money or in business is money. It takes resource. Yeah. It takes time, energy, all those resources to be able to press in. So loving your answers. Okay. Are you ready for the speed round, Ty? Oh, no. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Okay. One word answers if you can. Okay. But sometimes I'll, I'll dig for more. What is the one metric in, in all of your businesses? Because you've got different industries happening. What's the one metric that you would choose to track if you could only pick one forever and ever? Impact. Impact. <laughs> and how do you track impact, impact Ty? Yeah, everything's different. So some of my companies, it's how many jobs we've created. Other ones, it's how many homes we've saved. And other ones, it's how many homes have we built? Those type of things. So every company's different. We have an impact matrix, but it would be third-party impact. How many lives have we changed, basically? I love it. I love how you said you have an impact matrix. Like this is actually something that you're currently tracking at the moment inside of each of your companies. Absolutely. And for you that you can't see her, she's shaking her head right now saying, duh, doesn't everybody? <laughs> My company, would they would be closed. If we can't track what kind of impact we're making, the company needs to close. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Okay. Second question is what book would you recommend that a six-figure business owner read who's trying to hmm. scale up? Wow. That's a good question. It would probably be our iceberg is melting. It would probably mm -hmm. be our iceberg is melting. Okay. And what's the takeaway from that book? How, what happens when everything is, is just going to hell, it's all being destroyed. How do you build the, the emotional fortitude to make the decisions that you need to, to rescue as many people as you need to? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I just read, I just heard a, watched a TikTok this past weekend about this exact same thing. The guy was on stage and I think he was a pr prior military, he had an injured hand and was talking about emotional stability. And basically that like, good luck going against someone like me, if you're willing to quit, right? Cause I'm not yeah, giving up. Right. I've got, he had one finger and then that was his whole hand basically. Oh and he's like, you know, like, good luck. Like you have to be mentally strong. Good luck trying to compete against me. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm, I ain't quitting on what I'm, <laughs> what my goals are. My dreams are my purposes. So anyway, I love that answer. Okay. Do you intentionally network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? I do not now. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds like there's well. a, there's strategy behind that. Tell us why. Yeah. I don't have the capacity right now, honestly. And I found that the circles that I want to be in, it's very, very hard for me to get into there. I mean, we're talking the top one to 2% right now. And the other ones don't matter to me. I know that sounds, <laughs> sounds really egotistical, but they don't matter to me where I am in my journey. Yeah. So I'm kind of right in that mid space where I'm not quite up there with the top one, 2% that I need to be with. And right. the, the rest aren't very valuable to me right now. And so it's not something I focus on. Yeah, no, I love I love how intentional you are about deciding where you are and what you can get from being around others. It sounds like it's just a matter of for you. There's some key there's some key relationships that you're trying to go after, which is incredible. Good for you. Yeah. If you had only had one hour in a week to successfully run your businesses like you do now, what would you do in that one hour? Mindset and mentality is really big for me. So I, I would start the one hour with that. However long it took me to get my head in the game, I would take it. If it took me the whole hour every time, then that's what we would do. But hone that skill so I could do it pretty quickly. But that yeah. would be the first thing I would do is get my mind in the game. And then I would touch base with my team. You're only as strong as the other people that are supporting you. And there's no way to run a business by doing it by yourself. And so I would spend a lot of time understanding my team. What are their struggles? How can I help them be the best that they can be so that they can move my company forward. And then I would check our matrix. I'm really big again with data. If I don't know what's going on, yep. I don't know what to correct. And then I would use the rest of the time to actually correcting the problems that I had discovered in listening to my team and also in looking at the data and making those corrections. That would be, that'd be it pretty much every single day. <laughs> I love it. Very good. And you've kind of already answered this based on, on your history, but Ty, if you lost it all, what would you do? Do the same thing again. <laughs> I would do the same thing again. I have no regrets. No, but I am a wealth of knowledge. And I'm, I'm realizing that as I get a little older and as I'm like running into thinking about doing my memoirs and things like that, I'm a wealth of knowledge. And I could sell that wealth of knowledge in just about any industry in any format. And that's what I would do. If I lost everything, what I didn't lose is my mind, hopefully, unless that includes the loss, everything, then we are lost. <laughs> if I still have my mind and my faculties about me, I know that there's something, my experiences, information I have, something that I can do that can sell that will help someone. And that's yeah. valuable to someone. And that's exactly what I do. I would stick with my knowledge. Yeah, I love that. It's so it's so interesting to hear. The knowledge obviously is, is the common theme that doesn't get stolen or doesn't get taken. But to see how people would use it in those circumstances is always very unique to me. So very cool. I so appreciate your answers, your authenticity, just the story. If somebody connected with you today, they want to they connect further. They want to get to know you. They want to like find out a little bit more about what your businesses do. Maybe they can... They can be a client of yours. How do they find you? How do they connect with you? Yeah. So everything is under my name, Ty Adesen. If you can figure out how to spell it. We'll <laughs> now, put it in a link below. <laughs> absolutely. Email, social media. Even though I run a lot of companies and I am the top of my companies, I like to still keep my finger on what's going on with my clients and with my base. I am pretty easy to get a hold of. Unless you're trying to call me, I will never answer the phone. But social media, text messaging, I love to talk to people, especially the people who are doing the things that I do, people who are interested in impact, who are interested in social enterprises and really making a difference in their communities and their environment, their political and financial situations. I love it. I love it. So if you have, if you have a desire to connect with a big mover and shaker in, in a lot of spaces, but, but specifically the social impact, real estate, I mean, gosh, if you just got fired up today and you want to reach out, I mean, I would suggest that you reach out to Ty. So Ty, <laughs> thank you so much for being here and just giving your time. I, I just, the value that you've given today, the fact that you're 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 gonna write a memoir that you're gonna be famous with all these nuggets. We we heard it first. 
There you go. <laughs> we appreciate your time. You've been super valuable to us. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.